to the Agile Strategy Lab podcast, where we explore what it means to view your organization, your company, or your community through the lens of agility to create a strategy that works in a rapidly changing world. I'm Liz Nilsson, the Associate Director of the Lab at the University of North Alabama. Today's episode, presented in collaboration with the Strategic Doing Institute, is number 23. This episode marks a first for the podcast. So much great content from a conversation that there was no way to make it just one episode. So this week, we again feature futurist Rebecca Ryan. In last week's episode, Rebecca focused on the role of big questions to engage groups to think about what lies ahead and to begin taking action to shape the future they want. This week, we pick up a different thread in a short episode focused on the idea of what we call in strategic doing the S-curve. Sometimes called a sigmoid curve or a sine wave if you remember back to your pre-calculus class, S-curves describe much of what we see in the world around us. Life itself. We start as a single cell. We grow. Our growth slows as we reach full maturity in all senses of the word. And then our capabilities start to decline. Rebecca talks about the S-curve, or as she calls it, the sine wave of entropy, as she discusses an idea called the three horizons. S-curves overlap. We can see the one that we're on, but there was also one preceding that, and there's one ahead of us. For example, in transportation, we might think of an old S-curve that started with Henry Ford. We're currently on an S-curve in which energy-efficient, but still more or less conventional automobiles predominate. And we can see ahead of us an S-curve with autonomous transportation. In the three-horizon model, the horizon behind us is the first horizon, or horizon one, and the one ahead of us is horizon three. Here's Rebecca talking about how that idea is playing out right in front of us, if we're paying attention. So as I've been thinking about how can I help people with this, I'm com- I, I stumbled on the three horizons. I didn't stumble on it, but I, I revisited the three horizons model, which is a, a, a process, a foresight process that's used widely in the UK and in Europe, not so much here. But I'm going to walk you through, kind of stair-step you through this three horizons model, because I think it will help embolden you around big questions as we do strategic doing, um, but also help you get a sense of like what's at stake here or you know what's possible. So This is the sine wave of entropy. I think we can all agree that, you know, if you're a gardener, uh, our seeds have started, they will be growing, they will peek out and we will eat all of their deliciousness and then they will fall into uh, brownness and compost in the fall. I just had a birthday and I am somewhere on on this uh, sine wave myself. Uh, And it's an overgeneralization, right? Because, you know, it's an overgeneralization, but it's the general pattern, right? So if you can agree with the sine wave of entropy, you can probably agree that some systems go like this. They go up and they go down. I'm trained as an economist, and I'll tell you this is the business cycle, right? goes up, it goes down. goes up, it goes down. And what's interesting about this is what does a human life do, right? It puts a really narrow window on things. So if this is the whole range of a human life here and they're only seeing decline, you can see where we might get a pessimistic person, right? I mean, the middle class in America has been decreasing since the 1970s. 
So you can understand how a generation of young people is like, this economy is bullshit, right? This economic system is bananas, right? It's only when we get a wider perspective, which can come if we, you know, study systems, if we get a good education, if we have some sort of, um, you know, realization maybe, or we're just maybe with the, with the wisdom of time and age, we can take a wider view on things and we can see a bit more of these natural risings and fallings. But what's happening in our systems right now is we have horizon one, which is declining, right? So you might say, is patriarchy declining? Is, um, is the utility of our capitalist system declining? Like the incentives and the ways we've built it. I'm, I'm trained as an economist, so I think a lot about the economy and futures, right? Um, and then you've got horizon three over here and that's like, okay, what's emerging? What's coming forward, right? And let's just stick with horizon one and horizon three for now. Horizon one, like when a system is declining, but trying to hang on, which norm is very normal, you're in a management mode, right? You're just trying to like whack a mole, put out today's, you know, keep try to keep a steady state, but you're you're not sure what the next thing should be. So you're just trying to like hang on to the reins and bring as much normalcy as possible to it, right? So, and you might even argue that you know, higher education is in a model where, you know, is it declining in its relevance? Is it declining in its utility and its public perception? I don't know, fill in the blank for the system that you feel is going through decline. And then this horizon three, right? In this horizon, people are like trying to innovate. This is, um, you know, green technology. And in fact, a really great example of horizon one and horizon three in our lifetime over the last decade, right? You've got, um, unless you're a climate change denier, love you guys, but we're gonna go here for just a second. Uh, we've got the sort of the, the energy community, the oil and gas community who 10 years ago was saying climate change isn't real, but they did recognize, okay, y'all, we are, we're losing. Like this is not, this is not a fight we are going to win. And at the time, 10 years ago, they portrayed all these H3 hippies as just a bunch of hippies out in California who are trying to live off the grid, a bunch of weirdos, right? Well, I don't know exactly what has happened, but these Horizon One managing the current declining state have found a way to jump. They have found a way to jump. So they're diversifying and they're repositioning themselves as sustainable. And they've set these aggressive 2030 net zero carbon goals. Microsoft has come out and said, not only are we gonna be net zero carbon based on our current outputs, we're gonna be net zero carbon going back to the beginning of our company, right? You now have the SEC saying, we're gonna require public companies to talk about their, their climate risk. You have 31 companies in the G20 who are saying we're committed to accounting for, for, our, for our climate risk. Anything we're doing to put carbon in the oxygen, the CEO of BlackRock, $9 trillion in assets, is saying, I want every one of my companies to talk about their climate risk, how their board is talking about it, and what they're going to do about it. You guys, this is a seismic shift. We have jumped. We have made the jump from horizon one to horizon three. How is that possible? A couple things. One is horizon one, whatever system is declining, it has a story about itself. It has a story about itself. 
And that story has values. But guess what? Horizon 3, it also has a story. And it also has values. And what you've seen happen in the, in the climate green tech energy space is Horizon 3's story about the future, about 2030, about 2050, and its values about our children, right? About caring for the planet have become centered in that conversation. So I use that example to show that this is possible to jump from horizon one to horizon three. I think of it like this kind of trapeze situation, right? The catch, can we make the catch? Because we're in a moment in many of our systems right now where we're aware of things that are declining, but we're not yet connecting wrist to wrist with, with that system, that horizon three system that is going to carry the day. Now, some of you see something like this and your sphincters tighten up and you think, whoa, shit, right? And others of you think, wow, opportunity. For those of you who think, wow, opportunity, I'm with you. This is an amazing opportunity. If you think several generations into the future, and that's as a futurist, that's my normal kind of way of thinking. How's this going to play out by 2030? How's this going to play out by 2050? We have this opportunity right now to reset the table. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the lab, visit our website at agilestrategylab.org. You can also email us through the website. Just look for the Contact Us button. You can learn more about Strategic Doing at strategicdoing.net. See you next time.